Okay, so we're in Mark 1, uh, 14 to 20. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the verses, and then during the talk I will, I will refer to them. Okay, so Mark 1, uh, 14 to 20. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Okay, our passage starts in verse 14. After John was put into prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. But we're going to stop there and have a quick recap of what we heard last week. Okay, remember Mark's names for Jesus. Verse 1 and 2. Messiah means anointed one, and son of God, and Lord. Then we uh, see John the Baptist preparing um, in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, verse 4. And this was his message, Mark writes, After me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose, whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. So after 400 years of silence from God, John speaks as his prophet, and this is his message. The one who is far greater than I is coming. The one who baptizes you in the Holy Spirit is coming. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world is coming. And in steps Jesus. Jesus is then baptized by John, and heaven is torn open, and the Spirit descends on him. A voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, and I am well pleased. And then Jesus is sent into the wilderness for 40 days, and during that time he is tempted by Satan. Which now leads us into our passage today, verses 14 to 20. The heading of my talk is, following Jesus, there in your sheets. And my message is going to be, continue to follow Jesus, listening to him. And he will use you to call others. Let's begin. Verses 14 and 15. After John was put into prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Firstly, I want you to notice how Mark structures these two events, one following from the other. It seems like as John's ministry is coming to an end. He is being put into prison. Jesus' ministry begins. The reason I say this is because we don't find out why John is put into prison until later in chapter 6, when we also read about his death. So why put it here? I believe it is to signify that John's ministry is ending, and Jesus' ministry, the one John pointed to, the one who said was greater than himself, his ministry is beginning. 
And this is how Jesus begins his ministry, proclaiming the good news of God. What is the good news of God? Well, it is that the kingdom has come near and that the king is here. Jesus continues, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The time has come, Jesus says. What does he mean? Well, not only has the kingdom of God come, but also the king has come. The long-awaited Messiah, the king from the line of David, the one scripture points towards. He has come. The time is now. And the wording in the Greek indicates a period predetermined by God. And why is that important? Well, it's because it's the time fixed for the entering of the Messiah is now. And so Jesus continues, the kingdom of God has come near. Not only is the king here, but also his kingdom. A kingdom is a place where someone has rule or governance. The same is true for the kingdom of God. Jesus says in his prayer, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God is where God's will is carried out. To borrow a popular phrase, the kingdom of God is already, but not yet. The kingdom has that dual dimension, right? Jesus initiated the kingdom on earth, and wherever God's will is carried out, the kingdom there is a reality. The kingdom, however, has not fully been manifested in Jesus' day, nor has it been in ours. We do not let yet live in a world where God's will is complete, a complete reality. We feel the tensions of experiencing God's kingdom in our own lives, in our communities. But we still see unbelief and brokenness and sin, which tells us that God's will is not yet fully expressed. And so we live in a time where God's kingdom has not yet been fully manifested. But as we anticipate the time when all things will be made fully new, we can actively participate in the kingdom of God right now. As we surrender reign to God, as we surrender to, as we surrender to reign of God, to the reign of God, we begin to experience God's kingdom now and God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven. And so let's continue. Look with me at what Jesus says. After telling us that the king is here and that the kingdom is near, he says, repent and believe the good news. Okay. Now, for many Jews at that time, um, they believed that the Messiah would initiate this reign, right? They believed he would bring this kingdom. But they also believed that this kingdom would be established through political or military gain or means. 
But Jesus ushers in this kingdom in a radically unexpected way. Instead, he calls for repentance and belief in the good news. Now, why does he say this? Well, it doesn't tell us right here. But, but we get to find out later that God's kingdom will not be brought in by military or political means. But instead, it will be a kingdom of sinners who repent and accept God's rule in their hearts and lives. And through repentance and faith, the Lord Jesus, in the Lord Jesus, and because of the cross, God's kingdom is being established. And now we get to this very famous passage where Jesus is calling his first disciples. This is verse 16 and 20. Okay, first, the Sea of Galilee. Well, this wasn't actually um, a sea, but it was a lake fed by the Jordan River. It forms the eastern boundary of the region of Galilee. And much of Jesus' ministry takes place along its shores. But for now, we're staying on its shores, close to a town of Capernaum. I'd like you to notice a couple of things with me and how Jesus calls his first disciples. Verse 16 and 17, look down with me. He saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. And the same is with James and John. Okay, so in that time, a rabbi, which means teacher, um, and that's what Jesus would have been, a rabbi. They would not call their students, but would actually, what would happen is a student would apply to be taught under a rabbi. So students would have to go through great lengths um, to be a student of a rabbi of their choice. They would be picked only if they showed the top form of excellence in intellect and commitment. Now do you see how radical Jesus' ministry was right from the beginning? Doing everything differently, breaking the social norm. So we see the people Christ chooses to employ and setting up his kingdom. They were weak and foolish of the world. They were not called from the great Sanhedrin or the schools of the rabbi, but were picked up among the fishing boats by the Sea of Galilee. Now, if you think God can't use you to build his kingdom, think again. Jesus picked regular people, fishermen, to help build his kingdom. And so he can definitely use you too. All we need to do is continue to follow Jesus, listening to him and his word. And he will use us to bring others in. Maybe there's some here that can relate to me. Um, I decided to follow Jesus on a summer camp called Zamholz. And there at Zamholz, there were many different people who helped me understand the gospel, helped me answer the questions I had. And at the end, I decided to follow Jesus. 
and some here might have similar experiences or can remember that one Christian who read the Bible with them or the one guy that was just unusually kind for some reason which got you thinking or maybe God used a Christian to comfort you when there was no one by your side. What I'm saying is the call to be fishers of people is for all of us. And that's the call Simon, Andrew, James and John heard. A call to follow Jesus, to be his students, to learn, to make mistakes, to figure out who this guy was and to be finally sent out to build his church. Now another thing about this passage you might notice is how immediately they left everything to follow Jesus. Now this is true, but it would be irrational and irresponsible for them to leave everything they ever owned for some random guy that caused them to follow him. Actually, what's more likely is that they knew who Jesus was or they'd likely heard about him, right? They'd likely heard about what happened at the Jordan River when he was baptized. And it is, it is entirely possible that one of them could have been there and seen it. And so, with all this information about Jesus and the talk spreading about him, they see him on the banks. And he calls to them, follow me. And immediately, they follow him. And maybe they were thinking of Elijah casting his cloak onto Elisha and calls him to follow him. And so they leave their nets and they follow Jesus. For James and John, they leave their father and their mates on the boat. And this would have been a disgrace in that time. But maybe you can imagine Jesus calls James and John and they look at their father, the head of the household, and he gives them a nod, saying, go ahead. And they leave their father and with the men and follow Jesus. But what does that mean for me and you today? You could ask, am I following Jesus? Am I being sent to fish for people? Maybe you think, actually, that's just for the pastors. That's just for the evangelists. Or maybe you think, I'm not gifted in that way. Or that's for those people who can talk.
Well, I don't think so. And it doesn't say that. And so, what I want you to take away from this is that the kingdom of God is here, but has not yet been fully realized. We can experience God's kingdom if we let him in. Now, most of us here have a relationship with Jesus. And I want you, and I want to encourage you to continue to follow him. Continue to listen to him. Continue to listen to his word. And simply by walking with him and away from the voice of the world, God will use you to call others. He may give us opportunities to testify about him and how wonderful Jesus is. He may give us opportunities to help people. And in those times, we can make a decision. Do we talk about Jesus? You don't have to be a scholar or an apologist to talk about Jesus. You just have to be in a relationship with him, having followed him, learning from him. This is all you need to fish for people. So may I encourage you to continue to follow Jesus. Continue to listen to him. And he will use you to call others in. But if you're here today and or watching online and you don't and you haven't yet chosen to follow Jesus, please consider what I have said. But don't take my word for it. Search the scriptures for yourself and you will find a king who brought forth an eternal kingdom and you will read about the one who died and was buried and was raised to life so that we can have forgiveness from our sins and life to the max. That is the Jesus who is calling you to follow him. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your son. Thank you that he calls us to follow him. And by doing so, we have the privilege of being used to build your kingdom. And so I pray for us going into this week, Lord, that we would step into that reality that we will recognize that uh, we can be used to call others, Lord. And all it takes is a simple conversation. Lord Jesus, help us to be bold for you. Thank you for that reality, Lord, that um, because you have come, Lord, we have the privilege to call others in, to show others how wonderful you are, how wonderful the Lord Jesus is. Help us to do this today and into this week and time away as people go on holiday, Lord. Help us to relax and um, yeah, get refreshed in you too, Lord. Pray all of these in your precious Son's name. Amen.